Hey guys, it's Dr. Beard again. Welcome to um, Self Care is a new healthcare podcast. This is episode number two. I'm talking about how to navigate the current healthcare system um, with this functional medicine model. I know a lot of you have been frustrated with trying to find a doctor who is more open minded, willing to work with functional medicine practitioners, and, and just have questions about how to use the system in a way that um, is beneficial for you and right. is not wasting your money and, and making things worse. And we're going to talk about that. But first, the Hellroys. The Hellroys. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. All right, so if you've got if you've never heard the extra part of that song, I highly encourage you to do so. That's why we chose it. That's why we chose it. It's pretty funny, but we couldn't put it in the front because it was kind of too long, too long of an intro. So we had to put it at the back end. But it it's lists, pretty entertaining. It lists most of the drugs that most people are on. Yeah. Anyway, just just do that. So before we get started, you know what I got to do. Um, this content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not intended to provide medical advice or to take the place of medical advice or treatment from a personal physician. And I am not your personal physician. Right. Okay. Well, let's try to get through this one because this is one of our more boring episodes, but it's very necessary. Um, so let's just kind of delve in. Amy, there are parts of the system that work well. I mean, obviously our listeners know that mm-hmm you're not traditional medicine but what what works well because we we don't want to throw the whole system no, away. no 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 there's there's lots of good parts of that um from my experience i think we do a great job in the er mm-hmm. you know if you if you are having a heart attack stroke some type of trauma even an accident we can um patch you up we can patch you up quickly and get you where you need to be as as quickly as possible so i think we're doing excellent there I think uh, the urgent care centers that have uh, cropped up over mm-hmm. the past few years serve a vital um, role within the system. I think they take a lot of the burden off of the ER so that we can um, spend our time managing you know, the issues of, of the emergent cases right. better and we're not weighed down by all the stuff that really probably shouldn't be there. The ICU works well. The ICU is fantastic, those intensive care um, units. Um, and then, you know, our surgeons, our surgeons are great. Right. I mean, and we've got some, uh, the training for our surgeons I think is really, really good. Um, and so, it, it, you know, they're trained well. Sometimes, you know, to every to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right. So, so they, they, the surgeons like to cut. Cardiologists like to stent. And, and for functional medicine doctors, we always like to look at the microbiome, you know. So right. we all ha- have... Uh, what our, our specialty is per se and so, that's so what we like to focus on. So our surgeons are great, but sometimes we're not using them correctly. And, and even some of the specialties, you know, the, uh, some of the procedures and things they do, I think are, you know, I'm glad that we have those. Interventional radiologists, glad we have those. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can do some amazing things when you've reached a point to where, you know, it's no longer about prevention of disease or management of chronic issues, but you have acute issues that need to be dealt with right then. And that's your main gripe, is there is a disconnect between the preventative that should occur. There is no preventative right. in medicine anymore. And I think we've gone over that, you know, ad nauseum. Which we've continued to do. And we, yeah, <laughs> well, we will continue to enforce that point. But when it when we fail, it's, it's really the... Um, the management of 
just the term management mm-hmm. of chronic disease just irks me. But do you think it's why? Why are we managing it? We should be trying to get to the root causes, right? And, and quote cure it. Well, and who should be doing that? I mean, should the surgeon be talking to you about that? Uh, any doctor should. should any I mean, doctor. Any doctor can, and that's why I, it's why functional medicine is so great because it's it's not a specialty. It is an approach to uncovering and addressing the root causes of your current issues. So a surgeon. There's no reason why surgeons can't do this either. So a surgeon could be a functional medicine doctor. Yeah, they could. They could certainly use a functional medicine approach. It's just most of them don't have time. The system's not set up for you to investigate really is what is at the root cause of your problems, okay? okay. These people are busy. They can't, they're just not set up to do that. All right. And our diagnostic services. Yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. So um, labs, x-ray, MRI, CAT scan, PET scan, best in the world. Yes. I'm, gl- I'm so thankful for those, those imaging studies. You, you always say that wellness is non-existent, but we do have some prevention that works. Well, yeah, there's some procedures that are really, you know, um, I like the fact that we can do, you know, cardiac casts and check check your vessels out for signs of um, inflammatory processes going on inside your vessels. That's a pretty invasive one. I mean, colonoscopy. Colonoscopy is a great one too. Um, you know, there's there's risk with all of these procedures. Mm-hmm. Okay, you just in in each case de- deems a. a a look at your specific risks and benefits. Is that why you're not a big, not a huge fan of X-ray mammography? Um, because of the radiation per, per you, the squeezing. The... Yeah, and I mean, and that's a whole other topic that we can discuss at some point. Is just um, mammography in general. That's its own. And yeah, that that's a whole other discussion that we can have. Um, so, and colonoscopies, you know, it, colonoscopy probably saved my life. Right. I had one at 32 because I was having a lot of GI issues. So we took a look up in there, and, and lo and behold, I had some high-grade neoplastic polyps um, that were taken care of. You know, And had I waited until 50, which is what we recommend for those of you who don't have a strong family history of colon cancer, um, you know, I probably might be dead. You know, colon cancer is where, I mean, colonoscopies is where it can really, you know, that, that uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Right. Because once colon cancer, when, once it invades that, you know, spreads beyond the lumen of your colon and metastasizes, it's not good. So we have things that work, things that don't Labs, work. you know, there's some labs that we can do that can kind of give us a, a little bit of a but, snapshot of what your kidneys are doing and, and things like that. But in general, you believe that the, the allopathic model the treating the symptom model. It's designed. It's it's just designed to treat symptoms. But you, I mean, with pills. It's been expo- at least that's what it is now. It's been exposed though. It's starting yes, it to be starting to be exposed. Right, and um, I I want to make sure that we stay mm-hmm. on topic here, and this doesn't turn into a complete bashing of the system again. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to change because the the house of cards I think is starting to fall. House of Cards of of just the pharmaceutical approach to health. It, it's it's not working. We are spending so much money on health care, and it our our outcomes are horrible. Well, that's what I wanted to establish. That the, but no, but everybody wants to play the blame game. You mm-hmm. know, it's not not medicine's fault. It's it's everybody's. You know, it's it's they want to blame it on all kinds of other things. Right. You know. But I, I just want to establish that the allopathic model is is broken but the buck's got to stop somewhere right you know, if you call yourself health care i think probably the buck might stop with you 
Well, and that's the purpose of this. That we're trying to establish what you need to be doing and then what parts of the system can still work. Yeah. And then where, where we want to take this in an ideal world. Right. And I still... In what is that? That's my... Instapot. Uh, it's my Instapot going <laughs> off. See, we really do you know, use that thing. I'm actually fermenting my beans in order to get rid of the lectins and the phytic acid. Oh, yeah, which is a whole other topic we will Hold be it. discussing. All right. So in order to navigate, the, the, the allopathic model is broken, but is the one that we're living in now. So we have to... You, yeah, can't, so you, can't, you can't be an idealist. You have to work with right, the system. Right, right. So why do we need, you always say you have to have a PCP. Yeah, you need to have a PCP, um, preferably one that is open-minded to functional medicine approaches, which I have found to be far and few between. We tried to help our patients at one time by starting a list of physicians in the state mm -hmm. that um, people thought would be more open-minded to working with us. <laughs> that evaporated. That ev completely evaporated, like... We were sending people, you know, like, the, okay, these were just recommendations made to us by, you know, other followers, and people were going to the, these recommended open-minded physicians and being really, really disappointed. Um, but we tried, you know, and I think you're going to be best off with a, and they, they exist, but they're just, there's not that many of them, but what? functional medicine primary care docs, and they're usually in these direct primary care models so direct primary care folks is they're in the insurance model in the sense that you can use your insurance for labs but the time of the physician is paid by you by cash yeah and it's usually some type of monthly premium mm -hmm. or sometimes it's yearly but typically between the 100 and 300 dollars range would encompass the vast majority of direct primary cares which equates to you know, twelve hundred to thirty-six hundred dollars a year, and, and for much better access. Much better access. There's a much lower patient load for the physician, so they're able to spend a lot of time with you. The access is tremendous. Now there's telemedicine, email, you know, uh, text messaging. A lot of these DPC clinics, the physicians will allow that, um, and most people who join them are very, very satisfied with the services. Mm -hmm. So I would strongly urge you to seek those out. There is a DPC. A functional medicine doc in Bentonville, Arkansas, Dr. Anna Erbst. I've met her. She's a lovely individual. I would highly recommend that you check her out. She's at Salt Health in Bentonville. I do think they require a once face-to-face -face meeting, um, and then she can handle a lot of your needs telemedicine. So if you don't live in Bentonville, you could still, you know, try to use, uh, try to use her via telemedicine and things like that. Um, you know, but of course, if acute Cute issues come up. That's kind of where you're, you know, you can't drive to Bentonville. You could take advantage of an urgent care center or something like that so, in your so, area. So direct primary, uh, the direct primary care where you pay for the physician and mm -hmm. don't use insurance. And I, we've done this model before. Right. It, it There's not that many out there. Right. And a lot of them are traditional medicine but they're just taking fewer patients, and they're not taking. The so insurance. you're st so you're still you're the so you're still getting access to the same old type of approach. Right. It's just that these doctors tend to be a little bit more prevention minded. Well, they have more time because they have more time. But if they're not functional medicine certified, or at least call themselves functional medicine, or 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 at least uh, admit to the fact that you know your microbiome plays a big part in your health and there's I don't find that them that that they're very valuable because so they're still going to be prescribing pills for an ill better access to crap 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. Basically. But, 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 but you always say, in spite of that, we still need a primary care provider. Why is that? Yes, because that's the that's the gatekeeper to um, if you want if you if you want to use your insurance for imaging studies and things like that that might come up that you need, they're going to have to order those for your insurance to pay. So um, you you still need a primary care doctor for that reason. Doesn't mean you have to see them all the time. A lot of our patients have primary care doctors, but they choose to work with us. On their chronic health issues mm-hmm. because they have found that their primary care doctor is just not getting the job done because they don't have the tools to uncover and address the root causes of their problem. So later on we're going to talk about different types of insurance that may be more cost effective. If someone would wanted to, to establish with the PCP but did not want to use insurance, the PCP would allow that, right? They'll still allow you. Yeah, they still take cash. Okay. So that once a year wellness visit, which is pretty much useless, you've said. Yeah, but at least you're you're maintaining contact with them, mm-hmm. and, um, and they kind of like that. Yeah, at that, least once well, a year. Once a year to a key, you know? to basically once a year to have a, a someone that you can call that can refer you to an oncologist that can refer you to get an MRI that can right. refer you. So yeah, because that that they that's required. You have it has to go through your PCP to do. So, so. folks, that's pretty cheap to do. Unless you don't have insurance and it doesn't matter, you know? Well, I'm saying even without insurance, it still may want to get that referral and still use cash for them. Right. So, I mean, it's still advantageous to keep that PCP just from the gatekeeper mm-hmm. standpoint. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Let's, um, you know, if you look at insurance, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and digress into that. Okay. So this is, I know you hear in the term insurance, you're just like, oh, mm-hmm. But this is, we're about to offer you some really good advice that could possibly save you thousands of dollars. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't want to get, insurance has been a weird phenomenon. It, it, it started basically in the early 1900s. Um, really, it took off in the 1940s because there was a, a lot of inflation in the United States. So there was a, so there was wage caps on what you could pay people. You could not keep on, so recruiting talent was difficult. So in order to recruit more better employees, they started offering health insurance. It's a benefit. It's a benefit. So it was non-taxable. It got around the whole um, wage cap. And so everyone started liking it. The doctors liked it because it was convenient for billing. It was a good system. By the time 19... They baited them, didn't they? They they did. By, By 1964, it was the standard. Most people had insurance through their company. And that's when things started to change. Insurance started dictating what was going to be paid what was going to be allowed to be paid, how you practiced. They started changing a lot of what you did as a doctor. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a dietitian, and um, I was uh, working with a patient. I think they were about to be discharged, and their daughter was there, and she happened to be a physician, and we were talking, and, and I was like, yeah, I'm really thinking about going to medical school. And she looked at me, and she said, don't do it. She said, and she just started going off on the HMOs and the, she, the plans, and she's like, it has literally, the insurance has destroyed medicine. And because she, of the paperwork. Just because of all the hoops and things, and they weren't allowed to, to practice medicine anymore. It was very structured. They're, you couldn't do this. You can't do that. They were being, dic- you know, what they wanted to do for their patient was being dictated by the insurance companies. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she was just infuriated, and she just, you know, she could not get her point made well enough. Is just don't do it. So, so insurance lulled, I did it. Insurance lulled you guys in with the, hey, we'll take care of your billing. It's going to be great. We'll, we'll level load risk. 
but then they all yeah your life's gonna be wonderful but then they changed it and now they, they took over they, they basically took over medicine yeah so now you have to talk to someone who has a non-medical degree to tell you if you're allowed to get an MRI for your patient or if you're allowed to do this for your well, patient. Well, usually it's, yeah, and well, those are pre-authorizations, and these are, oh, good Lord. When just hearing that word, you could be on the phone back and forth for, you know, hours just to get an MRI approved for your patient, and the person on the other line is not even a physician and trying, you know, it's just, it, it's a game. Well, it is it's a game. It's a very cruel game. It is a game because they used their authority to basically inundate you with paperwork, put up hoops to prevent. Yes. And also they, they, they made you work, see more patients per hour because as they ratcheted down reimbursements, you had to see more patients. Right. And so that's where we got that 10 to 15 minute per visit. It's like, that's how it got here. The, it's the insurance and the way they reimburse. But the other thing they did is they, they play a shell game with pricing. And I love using the vitamin D lab as an example we had um oh, that was a patient she there was a lot of labs i wanted to order for her um and i have we had negotiated cash fee prices for our labs because we have a lot of patients that um either don't have insurance or they have a catastrophic health care plan or a health shaving sharing plan and we'll talk we're about to talk about that it's where you can save some money but um she wanted to use her insurance for her labs and her lab copay was a, a 2080 right mm -hmm. so i was like man you know you could order these and it's probably going to be cheaper on you than if you use your insurance and um she's like no 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 i want to use it i just want to use it and i was like okay because i told her i was like the my, my vitamin d level you know it's it's our price is 35 bucks and she just didn't she wanted to use her insurance so she uh, wanted to meet her deductible she wanted to try to meet her deductible i I don't know if that was the case or not. Um, but anyway, she got the bill, and the lab company had charged her, the lab had charged her insurance company $1,000 for that vitamin D, which meant she had to pay $200. And the cash price was $35. <laughs> and she was mad at me, and I was like, hey, I warned you. So the, the purpose of that little anecdotal story is to say, insurance is not what you think it is. You think it's a comfort blanket that's gonna protect you from things, but they've artificially infl inflated the prices to make you think that you, you need You have it. to have it. Right, and there are alternatives. The main thing- Much I, more so than ever before. Right, I, the main thing I want you to walk away from this is that I want you to analyze your health insurance and what you do as a family as you would any other financial instrument. You know, what am I getting out of it? Where can I save? How do I prepare for the future? What do I need? What do you need? And what is my level of risk I'm willing to assume? And what is the alternative if it doesn't? Right. And so cash fees for labs is well established that it's, it's a, it, you can navigate. They're pretty your, darn cheap. They're pretty darn cheap. Um, surgeries. Tell them about the. Well, there, you know, there's surgery centers now. They're the one that I'm most familiar with is located in Oklahoma. Uh, they offer a lot of different surgeries for cash fee pricing. They're pretty darn. Posted online. They're very affordable, um, and so that that's something you should consider. Cash is still king. There are imaging studies that you can get paying cash that are what you know an MRI for five hundred five five hundred and fifty dollars. 
Um, CAT scans, 250, ultrasounds, 150, x-rays is as little. We had negotiated rates with an orthopedic clinic for $35 an x-ray. You know, that, that's, these are, that's not bad. Um, you can even nego negotiate your hospital stay. Now, I had to do that when I got stung by a wasp, and it gave me an ileus. It was a three-day stay. Um, it was uh, about around $6,000, almost $7,000, but I negotiated and got it down to around three mm -hmm. is what I ended up paying, if you'll which was less than my deductible of $5,000 at the time. Right, because we'll talk about what you had, which is a little bit different. Right. But if you look at the plans, if you look at what you historically spend each year on your health, and you need to be objective, you need to look, you need to map right. out what you spent over the last five years. If you look at the bronze plans, the, the, the Obamacare, which is bronze, silver, and gold, the prices are outrageous. The, the cheapest one you can get with, it, with an HSA for an individual, you're still going to have an out-of-pocket over $6,000 plus you have Before to have, it ever kicks in. Before it ever kicks in. And you're spending over $6,000. Yeah, you might have a $25, $30 copay, but even then I've seen these things are going up too. Even the copays are going up. Right, but if anything happens, you're going to be on the hook for a lot of yeah. money before it kicks in. So you have to factor that into your equation. Mm -hmm. And you have to factor in that imaging studies are not as expensive as you think. The the labs are not as expensive. The surgeries are not expensive. So really, what are you preparing for us? I'm really protecting us for cancer or the ICU. Right. Because... Some type of trauma or something like all that. All the basic stuff. So we, we belong to the Christian Health Share Ministries. There's three major ones. There's MediShare, Samaritan, and Christian Health Ministries. Christian Health Ministries, yeah. Yep. And That's the one we use. CHA. And they have all kinds. They have ones that are more, more comprehensive. They have ones that you just pay for what you need. I spend, well, you spend what, 40? I spend $45 a month for $125,000 coverage per year with a $5,000 deductible per incident. Meaning if I break my arm, that's an incident. If I'm admitted to the hospital for something, that's an incident. Right. But, so you... you but I have not had any incidents since I was admitted to the hospital after that bee sting or wasping. Yeah, it was wasp. So for... for Double that, two hundred fifty thousand would cover almost all, but just a handful of situations. Right. So I mean, you're talking about a significantly less amount of money. And there's different plans too. You, yeah. There's different. You can get some that you'll pay ninety dollars and get you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year worth of coverage. Well, yeah, that's what yours is. It's, it's an increment. So yeah, it's just whatever you whatever you want. So we we looked at it. We're healthy. That's what we needed. If your family's not as healthy, what you need. This is why this is why self care is so important because it makes you think about what you you know. This is you. Your the insurance is not going to save you. The doctor is not going to. You save are going to save you. Yes. Okay. You are. Yes. I stop mean, stop putting all of the responsibility on everybody else. It comes down to you. Now I know there's things that happen. We this is you know the world we live in. Accidents happen. Well, they've not given us a lot of choices. So within the traditional. Obamacare, metallic plans, they only have two different plans that offer a health savings account. A health savings account is something that acts like a IRA, but it's for your health. At age 65, if you don't use it, you can use it for other things. It's wonderful. Well, if you look at the bronze plan, if I have to spend $7,000 a year for my premiums and I have a $6,000, $6,800 deductible, and I have to contribute to my HSA, that's not really what an HSA is supposed right. to be. They don't, 
offer it. The, the insurance companies have they not. They won't. They won't do it. They have drugged their feet, even though the mandate was removed two years, almost two mm -hmm. years ago. Nothing new has come out, and you know President Trump has touted. They've that got us. They've, they're, they're holding us hostage. Well, I mean, yeah, President Trump has said that there is catastrophic plans, but that's not quite correct. The catastrophic plans right now are for 364 days. So I can go get it. It's cheap. Right. But if I get cancer this year and I try to renew it next year, they'll exclude cancer. Right. So that's not what a catastrophic plan is really supposed to be. It's supposed to be, I just want to cover catastrophic events. But they do, uh, but you know. year after year. They are, you know, pre-existing uh, issues are covered in these plans. No. You know? In the not, not the catastrophic plans. Right, the metallic plans. Right. right. So what we need is a catastrophic plan that that does not have exclusions once you get it if you once you buy in you should be covered right. it doesn't exist and you can and, and i wish we could have a catastrophic plan plus an hsa correct that is the what we need is what we need and that they, is what they, the majority of you need who who focus on your health and take in and your health is a priority that is usually sufficient for most of you. But the insurance lobby won't allow that because they don't want transparency. They artificially inflate prices. They make the plans very complicated. Everything's complicated when it really should be a la carte. I want to be covered for this, this, and this. This is my age. And they need you know put in that risk factor. Do I smoke or drink or what right. I do? They don't allow that. And it really sucks because that's where we are today that all you have are these expensive plans. That they you don't need. I don't need maternity coverage. Right. Don't need it. And we're people are just not objectively looking at it. So analyze your your I don't need mental health services. Well okay. <laughs> you might disagree. <laughs> but I think I don't. But I don't think anyone and I think the reason people don't look at their health insurance like a investment is that a lot of them are getting it from work and quote it's free. But to you guys who are employers you should be looking at what can I offer my employees because as, as an employer, you can negotiate things that mm -hmm. are a little bit more nimble than an individual. And I think a lot of your employees would be very happy to have a, uh, a, a catastrophic with an HSA, especially if you match their HSA. Right. And you would still be cheaper than you're spending. They'd be happier because they're making us cover everything and it's just not cost effective. No, we're very, everybody is different. That means you have different needs, but right. at, we're, yet we're all treated the same so with the, your insurance and then once you get into the healthcare system we're all just we're all the same and if they would allow us to have an HSA with the 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 Christian the health sharing plans that'd be great but that's excluded so really they're 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 telling us what we're allowed to have and they're not willing to fix really a, a, a very, a, a, but the change is gonna have to come from you right pushing okay, the, the you know um, the health care professionals like myself have been pushing for this. I, I have talked to many, many representatives, state representatives about this, about what we need. I think it just goes in one ear and out the other. Well, the entire know, the, the entire discussion out there is contributing through their campaign. The the entire discussion out there is on access to health care. You know, the Bernie Bros. We need universal health care, but what are you getting access to? Access to crap. Right. You know, so basically, you're, you, where everybody's fussing over access, access, we all need health care. First of all, it ain't health care, it's sick care, and all you're going to get have access to is people who want to prescribe pills and procedures for your symptoms. So the vast majority of the allopathic model, I want no part of. I want the ICU, I want the ER, I want an oncologist if I get cancer, the really bad stuff. I want, the, that's what I want. 
everything else I don't want coverage for, but they won't let me exclude it. They right. won't, you know, oh, you, know, you got to get it. You need pregnancy and mental health and everything else. And it's, so you, unless you demand it, it's not going to happen. Right. And I, I get so frustrated with this whole fight over um, universal health care as a right. It's like we're, we're fighting over a bone with no meat on it. It makes no sense. We're spending all of our efforts. It sucks all the oxygen out of the room. It has to be free. I don't want to give. It's like, you're missing the point, folks. You're arguing over something you don't want. That's try to create. Or a... that's not. That's a terrible product. Right, and that's what self care is about: is removing that from them. It's like, okay, I don't need you for that. I'm going to take care of this. Right. I'm going to leave. This One part... can only dream, Paul. One can only dream. Well, that's why self care is so important, so we can get you you off this 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 uh, sick care system right. where you're not dependent upon them. Um, and then, you know, maybe, hopefully you can get by with a catastrophic plan like Paul and I have. Yeah, and it may I not... I mean, seriously, $45 a month. Mine's 75 because I'm over 55 now. Yeah, and you're old. So I'm old. My, my went up. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's allowed us for over the years to save for... Yeah, we put money back to cover things that might happen to us. It'd be great if I could be putting that into an HSA, but they won't allow right. that. So this is what you need deductible. to push to, you know, push your representatives for. Um, to stay in the system, you need a PCP. But beyond that, you need to be doing it all yourself. Yeah, and there's so much that you can you can do. They they've it seems like they've convinced people that we have to we have to have health insurance. We have to be going to see our doctor all the time. We have to be taking this pill to be healthy. And I'm just over it. Well, it's such a scam. The doctor cannot make you healthy. You're going to have to you do that. You are going to have to make yourself healthy. You know, they're, they're there once you've broken something and no one's offering the way of fixing it before it breaks. And that's silly. Yeah. I, I know this was a little bit boring, but I don't but think... But we got I, some good stuff headed your way. Yeah, I, but it's important. We, we needed to get this out of the way. Yeah, it's important. You, gotta, you, you need to look at what you're using for your health I mean, this is as simple as where's your nearest urgent care center? I think we, a lot of people come to us and they say, you have a primary care provider? No, uh, I have an urgent care center. So, yeah, okay, they just keep quite... going to the urgent care center all the time. And, you know, I guess if you go occasionally and you go for legitimate, you know, if you sprain your ankle or you break your arm or something, those urgent care centers are great. How many times do you need to go to the doctor and they send you home with an antibiotic that's saying don't, don't fill it because it's not bacterial and you need more rest and fluids? It's like you. It's the same thing. It's like how, how many times you have to go before you realize when you have a cold or flu, that's. I know, but some people are just there. Some hypochondria going on out there. You mm-hmm. know, we we see the same people in the ER. The, the same ten percent of people come to the ER all the time. You know, they just for whatever reasons they can. Okay, and they they love coming to the ER. Um, <laughs> You know, and you see the same thing happen to the urgent care center. Everybody has to go for any little sniffle or sore throat or, you know, any little rise in temperature. They're, they're headed off to the urgent care center or the ER. You can tell that it's not that needed because during the lockdown, those places have had no business. I know. They are like ghost towns in some of them. So, it's, so that's And I still maintain contact with a lot of my friends who are ER doctors. And they're just like, yeah, we're kind of slow these days, which is... Quite frankly, I never thought I'd ever hear an ER doctor say that. So I'm just kind of wondering if, which is not, you know, I just wonder how many people are holding back from going to the ER when they really probably should be, you know? I I worry about that. Unintended consequences. Yeah, you know? 
All right. Anyway. Okay. So, yes, this was boring. We know that. But we're trying to save you money, and we're trying to offer you some information that perhaps you didn't know about. Um, I think that was the refrigerator that just kicked on. Yeah, just picking up on the bike. Yeah, anyway. Um, so check out those plans that we said. If, if, you're, if you're one that is very health-minded and you don't have any health problems and you intend to, to focus on your health, look into the Christian Health Care Ministries, MediShare, or Samaritan Health. Um, they have different plans, and they can save you a lot, a lot of money. And those are the only three that we've vetted. There are other ones out there. One of them is in litigation. So I would not go... Yeah, but these are very trusted. A lot of my patients use these. Well, they were actually Obamacare compliant. Yeah. So that, that they were so they were vetted by the yeah. government. And even. just remember, okay, you can use these plans. Cash is still king. You, there, you can go online right now and find ways to order labs and pay cash for them. Um, you can get imaging studies for cash. Much, much They're very, very cheap. You can negotiate hospital studies for cash. I don't know a doctor one that still does not take cash, you know. Right. So uh, just because you don't have an insurance plan doesn't mean you can't go see a specialist. You can even schedule your own self. That's the beauty of not having insurance, too, is like you don't have to go through a gatekeeper as well. Okay, so I can... You can, you can call a cardiologist, like, I want to make an appointment with this, the cardiologist, you know. You say, I don't have insurance, but I want to pay cash. Like, well, They're but- like, okay, yeah, when we, oh, we got an appointment today, you know. <laughs> Just so happen to have an opening. Can you be here in two hours? All right. So there's just a lot of alternatives that people don't realize they right. have. And we need to start complaining more because the system is broken. But this is what we're working in with now. And seek out the direct primary care model of if, physicians if you have one. Just just type it in, direct primary care physicians in my area. You know, I, I it, know it, they, so. it, works, it works really well with self-care. Yeah. It, Do, uh, Dr. Bob Calhoun down in... Um, uh, Monroe, Louisiana. He's a direct primary care family physician who is also working on his functional medicine training. I always like to put a plug in for him because Bob is a great guy. Uh, Dr. Gray is in town. He's a he's more a concierge medicine. Yeah, he's more concierge medicine. He's not a functional medicine doctor. So he spends more time with you, you but within the old model. You've got, your doc, you've got Dr. Anna Erbst in Bentonville. You've got your, uh, Dr. Bob Calhoun down in Monroe, Louisiana. Um, I, I don't really know of any more doctors in our state that I would recommend. We're in, the, we're in the sticks, folks, but most people have more access than we do here in Arkansas. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. All right. We will see you soon. Enjoy the extra of the Hellroys. Yeah. And we will bring you another exciting... It will be much more exciting next time, I promise. All right, thanks. Thanks. I don't take nothing that a doctor don't prescribe. I don't do no drugs, man. I don't do no drugs, man. Sales.